Riley Murtha, and I'm your host. This is Life and Shit, your weekly safe haven away from all of the artificial bullshit going on out there, where we discuss what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve those things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. For tuning in to episode eight of Life and Shit. I've been doing so many interview episodes and I love the conversations that we're having. I could do them every episode, but I figured we'd switch it up for today. And you're stuck just with me. Today we're going to get to know each other just a little bit better. I asked you guys what questions you want me to answer what you want to hear me talk about, and so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to answer your questions, and I'm going to go through the topics that you guys submitted to me. So we're going to freestyle our way through this. Where should we begin? I like this question, so I'll start here. It seems appropriate. Somebody wrote, like, who are you? Why did you decide to become a fitness coach, and what is your dating life like? Those are three loaded questions, so where do I begin? Um, Like, who am I? Good question. Great question, actually. I ask myself that all the time. Who am I? I'm Riley. That's all I know. (laughs) I feel like if you've listened to the very first episode of the podcast, you probably have a better idea of who I am. Or if you know me personally, you might have a better idea of who I am. But like in a nutshell, I'm just your average wellness-obsessed, retired party girl who has a passion for helping other people find their balance. I'm a personal trainer by certification, but I feel like I'm drawn to doing so much more than that. I want to help people in more ways than just in the gym. I want to help people find fulfillment and balance in their, you know, spiritual journeys, in their personal lives, in their emotional state. Of course, working with nutrition and personal development to kind of holistically offer assistance to my clients in as many ways as possible. Aside from work, I'm someone who is very active. I love to be outdoors. I am obsessed with music. I listen to a lot of rap and hip hop. I love nature. I'm more obsessed with nature than I've ever been. I love to spend as much time as I can outside. What else? Who am I? I really am someone who values like a good laugh. I love surrounding myself with people with a good sense of humor. Yeah, so I became a personal trainer and kind of a wellness coach, I guess you could call call me that, because basically I just felt like I had spent so much time figuring it out for myself that I was well-equipped and able to then share that knowledge with other people and to help other people find their path and to feel their best. It's something that I've always 
been interested in growing up with a dance background. I feel like movement and exercise and activity, especially in a group setting, is always something that has felt really normal to me. So kind of taking that background and applying it to wellness and fitness and creating ways for people to come together to shift their perspective on wellness, exercise, nutrition, personal development, and helping to empower people so that they can show up as their best selves and feel their best day to day. For me, it started as just something that felt like a really great career choice. I was doing something that was not aligned with what I wanted to be doing. I was very unfulfilled and unhappy working nine to five in an office. I was in recruitment, so I really enjoyed the aspect of helping people. I was placing them in jobs and helping them with their job search. And I liked aspects of that. I liked getting to know people and it was very rewarding and fulfilling to be putting them into the right jobs, getting them hired and watching their careers grow. But there was a lot of things that weren't working and I wasn't in the right atmosphere or work environment, which left me a little bit jaded on the whole thing. And I just spent every single day in that office dying to get to the gym. So it just was a natural progression to change directions and to start to better educate myself on fitness so that I could make that the way that I was helping people because that was truly my passion. What is my dating life like? That's a really good question. I think I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Um, I was in a relationship for about three years that ended almost a year ago, like last May. Um, and obviously I took some time for myself and just was focusing on my my personal growth and my healing from a relationship ending as anyone does. Um, and then I met someone really cool last summer that I really vibed with. Um, someone who checked all my boxes, like had it all. And things were going really well and kind of escalated quickly. And then the universe decided that was not for me at that time. And he unexpectedly was like offered the job of his dreams and left the city and moved to the other side of the country. And I just felt like that was the universe being like, you are not ready yet. You are not ready to be in a serious relationship right now. And after that happened and with some reflection and some perspective, I just felt like, that was exactly what I needed because it gave me faith in the fact that there are people out there who are better aligned with me than some of my past relationships. But even though he was great and he did check all of my boxes or so it seemed in the beginning anyway, it was still pretty disruptive. I found myself just becoming a different version of myself. I had worked really hard on myself over spring and summer of last year, and I found myself kind of slipping into old patterns and just being like emotionally disturbed by having someone else in my life, and it didn't quite feel right. So it seemed to just run its course and teach me a lot of lessons in a short time, and I'm really grateful for that. So since fall of 2020, I've just been like completely single and solo dolo by choice, which has been 
amazing. And I have to say I'm loving it. Just kind of doing my own thing and really focusing on myself and the stuff that I have going on. I feel like because that happened so quickly, it really put things into perspective for me and made me value my solitude and being independent even more. And so I'm really selective with who I'm allowing into my life at this point. I'm always open to getting to know new people and leaving it up to the universe to show me what things are meant to be. I think that right now I'm really focused on just building friendships and a solid group of high vibrational inspiring people around me. And if any of those connections were to turn into something more, I would be open to that. But to be completely honest, I'm just so happy with where I'm at and it feels so good that someone would really have to like sweep me off my feet to change my ways because I love my life. I love my home. I love my alone time, my routine right now. I'm just super focused on my career and building what I'm building. And I'm very passionate about that. And for me to create time, space and energy in my life to really be with someone else, it would take a lot. It would have to be something really special. So I'm always open to getting to know new people. I'm dating a little bit, but I'm definitely not just like on a mission to find someone to spend time with because like my main priority right now is just to spend time with myself. So I think that kind of answers those three huge questions. So let's move on. Another question I really liked was what is the most profound thing you've learned about yourself over the last year. I have learned so much about myself in the last year. It's actually wild. Like I mentioned a year ago, roughly, I went through a breakup. And like at that time, I had to completely uproot my life. I had nowhere to live. I had no family in the city. It was just like really hard to kind of take myself out of that situation and start over. I had lost my job during COVID, so I was literally kind of starting from ground zero, which is amazing in retrospect because I was able to build everything up like the exact way that I wanted to in terms of like my business, businesses, um, my living situation, all of it. So the most profound thing that I've learned about myself in the last year, I have to say, is how fucking capable I am because I had so many limiting beliefs and barriers and fears coming out of that relationship, being, you know, reliant on someone, um, sharing a home with someone, not knowing if I could support myself financially on my own, not knowing if I could, you know, get my business going enough to support myself, not knowing if I would be okay without that person. So it's just been such an incredible journey of self exploration and really actually getting to know myself for the first time and really pushing myself out of my comfort zone in terms of my career and doing things that I never thought I would do. I jumped in with both feet to just committing to doing things my way and not working for anyone else. And very quickly after that relationship ended, I started to realize, (laughs) as we always do with a little bit of reflection, that I was just not able to be my real self and my best self in that dynamic of that relationship. So I started to kind of blossom into like all of the hard work that I had been doing on myself, but it couldn't unfold 
just because of the circumstances, I started to become that person that I had worked so hard to be. And with a little bit of, you know, trust in the universe and a couple like huge leaps into new opportunities, things just really started to flow for me. And I would just say that if, (laughs) if I could have a conversation with myself a year ago, she probably wouldn't believe all of the things that we've accomplished and where I've gotten to a year later. So definitely the most profound thing that I've learned about myself is just what I can accomplish when I believe in myself and take calculated risks. And of course, that means that that's possible for everybody else too. That's the coolest thing about it is when you see other people do it, you realize that it's possible for you. And I have quite a few friends in my network and um, people in my professional network who are kind of going through the same thing. COVID kind of forced us to either go for it or kind of take a step back and sit down and just wait for it to be over. And the people that I know who fucking went for it and decided to take those risks and do things differently a year later are just also blown away by the amount that they've grown and accomplished and where they've got to. And it's the coolest shit. I love to see it. I'm obsessed with watching other people experience wins and be excited about the shit that they're doing alongside me it's amazing. (laughs) So if you're waiting for a sign that you should try something new or you need to make a change, this is it. Fucking do it. And a year from now, let's sit down and laugh and love the journey and where you've got to as a result. Okay, next question. Um, I'm going to try and go in an order that like makes a bit of sense. So Another kind of related question was, what was the moment you decided to start your own business? So I was working in a gym. I had just accepted this new opportunity in November. So I had only been there like three months and then all this shit started to go down with COVID um, and things were really sketchy and people were really scared and clients were scared to be in the gym and staff was scared and there was just so much uncertainty and fear at that time. And we were one of the last gyms, I think, to actually officially shut down, like when everything was closing and things were like going into lockdown. We were we were in there like right up until the end, until the government actually was like, okay, you're not allowed to be open anymore. So that was really discouraging for me because I had poured myself into that job. It was the first time I had ever really worked for a gym, like a big gym. Um, I had never done anything corporate and I was determined to like get in there and do what I was going to do and get the experience and like kill it the best I could. And I was doing really well and I had built a really strong clientele in that three months and I was on a trajectory of like doing really well financially there. And then everything just got put on hold really abruptly. So that was kind of shocking. And then things started to get really weird. Um, Like we were told that we were going to be compensated for the two weeks that the gym was meant to be closed. And then like three days later, we got an email saying that we were all fired. We were all terminated. And that was pretty much all the information that we had for a really long time. And then we found out that the company was bankrupt and... There was just the way the whole situation was handled was just like so appalling to me. Like there was so many uncertain staff 
and employees and all of the members were really unhappy and really uncertain and there was just no answers coming from anywhere and everybody was just left hanging. And for me, like I had only been with the company a few months. I wasn't like super worried about it, but just the way that it was handled was so poor that it just put everything into perspective for me. And I knew right when it happened that I would never like realign with that company for sure. But I kind of shifted things in my mind and made me question the trust that we put into putting all of our energy into a company when we could be putting that energy into our own visions and our own dreams. And then you have control over the integrity of, you know, the moves that you make and the way that that business shows up in the world. So I think that was the moment that I decided like it was never going to be an option for me to return to that job whenever that were to happen. So I just pivoted and I decided I was going to do it on my own so that I could have control over those things and I could show my clients more respect because it was out of my hands and I hated that feeling. I hated the feeling of letting people down and having no control over it. So I decided I was just going to start from scratch. I had started my own little company, like I had results with Riley prior to that, but it was, it was like ground level. It was very little. I had like three or four clients and I was trying to do the boot camps, but it had never really worked out. So I picked that up and I decided I was going to figure it out. And yeah, that was the moment that I kind of committed to doing things on my own, just because I wanted to be transparent and respectful and honest and do things my way. Um, I got a lot of questions about like working for yourself and starting a business. So we'll just keep going with these. Someone wanted me to talk about releasing the fear of what others think when running your own business. Um, yeah, I mean, that's obviously something that we all deal with to a degree. I think when I first started out, I might have been more worried about what people think. Because I think it's more of a fear of failure, right? Like it's more of a fear of people thinking that you might fail or that you're going to fuck up or fearing that you have people out there wanting to see you crash and burn or whatever. So I don't know. I don't honestly remember really worrying too much about that. (laughs) To be honest, I started my business around the same time as I started microdosing, which has been something that really helped me let go of the fear of judgment from others. That was around the same time that I really subconsciously made the decision to just be myself and fuck what anybody else thinks in terms of how I'm showing up on social media, how I'm showing up in the world. I just want to be me authentically. And whatever people think about that, that's their own prerogative. But I'm just going to do me. And I think something that I heard quite a long time ago that stuck with me and that really relates to this is you can't try and please everybody, right? There's going to be 50% of people that really fuck with you. And there's going to be 50% of people that don't care or dislike what you're doing. But if you try and play both sides of the field, if you're trying to please both of those halves, you're not really going to have an audience on either side. But if you say, fuck that 50% that doesn't align with me, and focus your energy on pleasing that 50% that does like you, that connection that you're going to build with that 50% is going to be so much stronger than trying to kind of navigate that middle line. 
That's something that I heard years ago and that's something that really resonated with me. So I just let go of the people who aren't aligned with me. If they don't want to support me or they don't like what I'm doing, that's fine. You just have to kind of come to terms with the fact that you're not going to be for everyone. You don't have to please everyone and that's okay because there's people out there who are doing things differently than you and that doesn't mean they're better than you, but they're going to align with a different clientele. For me, I think I had the realization early on that everybody is doing things in their own way. And even if there's a hundred people all doing the same job, everybody has a little bit of a different take on it. Everybody has a different personality and that vibration that they're putting out there is going to attract a certain type of clientele. There's enough people in the world for everybody to do their thing and we're all going to attract our own little group that are aligned with us. It comes down to having an abundance mindset too when it comes to business because you can't live in fear that you're not going to be good enough or that person's going to be better than you because there's enough to go around for everybody and nobody can do the thing that you want to do in the way that you're going to do it. Nobody can speak in your voice. Nobody has your perspective and your experience. So knowing that you just can go for it and that's going to be more than enough and you're going to attract people who get you for being you. That's all I really needed in order to know that I was going to be good because I knew that I had a story that was going to resonate with other people and that was going to bring me the exact people that I wanted to work with. And as soon as I launched my website and had my write-up and kind of like my story on there, I immediately realized that I was attracting the exact people that I wanted to work with. The thing about that though is you only that's only going to work for you if you are being genuine. And I think that's something that, especially in the fitness industry, it needs to happen. And it's something that doesn't happen with everyone. Because if you're just showing up and you're saying the same things as everybody else, and you're doing things the same way as everybody else, and nothing is setting you apart because you're afraid to be yourself and you're not adding any of your personality into your brand and into your philosophy as a trainer, that's when you get stuck. And I guess that goes for any kind of career. You need to do what you do and you need to do that in your own way and by being yourself and then things will just flow. Honestly, you'll attract the clients that totally get it, totally get you and want to do anything that has to do with you because they relate to that. So just letting go of the fear and just trusting that being yourself is exactly what you need to do. Okay, so next question is what has been the most challenging thing and what is the most rewarding thing about working for yourself? In terms of challenges, there's a lot. Honestly, there is a lot. Um, For me personally, time management is something that I struggle with because when you have no boss, you have no work hours, you have no like, you know, deadlines, nothing like that keeping you accountable. In the beginning, it's really hard to not watch Real Housewives all day. You know what I mean? Because you can, and you can sleep in, and you can get into those bad habits, and it becomes really challenging to keep yourself on track. So especially, especially running a business on social media, time management and productivity and focus is something that I still work with myself on because it's just so easy to waste time. When you're running a business from Instagram, it's so easy to get sidetracked and it's so hard to create boundaries that work toward your optimal efficiency and productivity. 
So that's something that I find really challenging still. I have improved a lot, but it's still something that I'm working on. And then that kind of goes right into another really big challenge that I'm still working with, which is like a work-life balance. Because especially having multiple, you know, streams of income and a couple businesses, it's really hard to schedule time away from work. And especially when you know that there's always more money to be made, it can be really hard to be like, okay, this weekend I'm not going to work. The type of work that I do, I often have clients messaging me and I have group chats running and it's just like there's not really any time away from that, which is fine because I love those conversations and I like being in touch with my clients and keeping that going. But it's a really slippery slope as well because if we're not taking any time away from work, burnout is inevitable. So something I've been working on a lot is having set work hours and being as productive as possible so that my evenings and weekends, I don't have to worry about working all the time. But that's still a blurred line because the beauty of working for yourself is if I want to go for a six-hour hike on a Wednesday in the middle of the day, I can do that. And then I know that I can make up for that time and get caught up in the evenings or on the weekends. But it's almost like a feeling of you can always do more. I've always had this feeling like in university. It's like that constant feeling of like you should be doing more. You could be doing better. You should be doing this right now. So that's kind of a feeling that never goes away when you have your own business. So working to manage that and to be kind to myself and to know that I'm doing the best that I can, but still working to optimize my productivity and my time management and my work-life balance is something that I personally consider a challenge. (laughs) Another challenge, a more tangible challenge that I've come up against is like the financial side and the accounting shit that you run into when you have your own business. I definitely recommend like seeking help early on because the way that things unfolded for me, starting two companies like my candle business and results with Riley both during COVID and they both kind of grew really quickly and I had no idea what I was doing in terms of you know the financial part and the accounting so it wasn't until the end of 2020 when I started to put some systems in place and like get things organized and figure out how I was actually supposed to be doing things so that's definitely a challenge and something that I recommend getting help with early before your shit is a disaster and you have to spend like a week sitting on your couch, sorting through all your shit, trying to get your mind right about all of it. The most rewarding things about working for yourself, I would have to say having that freedom to take time off whenever I want to be able to go. Not that I've had the opportunity to travel or go anywhere since I started, but knowing that one day I will have that flexibility and just to be able to take time off. Like last summer, I was able to go out and spend three weeks with my parents on the lake, on the island, things like that. So having that flexibility and that control over my own schedule, being able to optimize my days and put things into my schedule where I know they're going to work best for me. Um, And then like I mentioned earlier, just being able to work with my clients in a way that like feels 100% good and honest to me. I think that's just the only thing that I've run into both in the corporate world and 
in the fitness industry working for other companies is like you're never going to 100% align with someone's philosophy for their business and their brand. So being able to just be so authentic and show up exactly how I want to show up, that's the most rewarding thing. And being able to help people on such a deep level because I'm able to just truly be myself and get to know these people on a real level. I feel like all of my clients are my friends and being able to, you know, represent a service that can help people empower themselves and never having to worry about aligning with someone else's vision is the most rewarding thing. On a more lighthearted note, another question I received was, what is my life's theme song? And I mean, there could be so many answers to this, but lately especially, I feel like the theme song to my life would be Life is Good by Drake and Future. (laughs) Life is good, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's the vibe. Like, life is good. We are so blessed. There's so much abundance, so much opportunity. Even though we're going through a shitty time, like an air quotes, shitty time. Yes, life is challenging, but life was never guaranteed to be easy either. You know what I mean? So just taking life for what it is and still seeing the beauty in every single day and trying to keep myself positive and in flow. I just feel every single day so grateful and so happy and so at peace with the way things are. That would probably have to be my number one. Or that song that's like, my life be like, ooh, <laughs> that's an old one. But like, just just a vibe. I feel like life is just all good right now. Fuck, sorry about my singing. Spare you. Spare your ears. I feel like Future in general is just like the soundtrack to my life. Like he is just like about having a good time, vibing out good vibes, doesn't take shit too seriously. I just like his mentality and his vibe. He is my soulmate. He just doesn't know. And that's actually another question I received. Funny enough, who is my celebrity crush? I mean, there's a lot. Actually, not a lot. There's a good handful. I mean, if you know me at all, um, I've been obsessed with Drake for like quite some time years and years I just love him I can't help it I just truly we're in love he's my twin flame there's a lot to that but obviously he's um, a celebrity crush I do love future I think he's so dope who else Tupac is like my ultimate celebrity crush like it really is upsetting to me to know that I missed my chance there He's the goat. Like, there's no arguing that. And he's fine as Every time I see a photo of Tupac smiling, I just die. Celebrity crush. I don't really like... I don't know why, but I don't really like actors. (laughs) I feel like I only have crushes on rappers. So I don't know what that says about me. Actually, that's not true. I like a couple actors. After Breaking Bad, I had a really big crush on Aaron Paul. Um, Jesse Pinkman. I don't know why I fell in love with him during that series. And who else? I have a huge crush on James Franco. He's just so fucking funny and like such a wild card. I can't get enough of him. And I have a crush. 
I have an old man crush on Ray Liotta, and I also have such a crush on James Gandolfini, like, as Tony Soprano. Like, I, he's my dream man, my dream husband. I actually just um, Googled Ray Liotta after I said that, and he's really not looking good these days. So I have to add um, a condition to that one. Like, I have a crush on Ray Liotta in, like, Goodfellas days. And then one I totally just remembered that I've been obsessed with forever is John Stamos. Oh, my God, obsessed. I'm still obsessed, but, like, in Uncle Jesse days, it was, like, I would do anything to meet John Stamos still, but then like anything. Okay. That really escalated. You were like, I asked you one celebrity crush and you just told me 400. So let's move on. Oh, I just remembered though. One time somebody asked me this question years ago, like with, with friends and my answer was DJ Polly D and I've never lived that down until this day. It still gets brought up. And you know what? I stand by that. I do have a crush on DJ Polly D, even still, even though he's like 60 now. Moving along. Somebody asked me what the craziest thing I've ever done is, and I truly cannot answer that. If you know me, I've done a lot of dumbass shit. What type of crazy shit? You got to be more specific. I can't properly answer that question but if I had to come up with something off the top of my head one of the craziest things I've ever done was impulsively deciding to road trip from Calgary to Vegas for EDC I don't know what year that was 2013 maybe and we took my shitty little car that like definitely should not have been on a road trip like that and should never have been in the desert, a little Mazda protege. Um, also really weird to have your car in Vegas. Probably not a good idea. We partied for 10 days straight, which I do not recommend. Probably took multiple years off my life. And then we decided to go to Palm Springs for another few days and stay at a friend's place there another few days of binge drinking and then after about two weeks of alcohol poisoning we had to drive all the way back from Palm Springs to Calgary which took about 22 hours and we decided to just take turns and drive straight we were so sick and so hungover it was the worst most dangerous experience of my life I had a couple people ask me questions specifically about microdosing, mushrooms, psilocybin, and honestly I get so many questions about that all the time that I think I'm going to do a full episode on my journey with microdosing mushrooms and answering questions about that. So I'll do that on my next solo episode, so stay tuned for that because I just have so much to say. It truly has changed my life. And I want to be thorough and address any questions to do with psilocybin or microdosing in general. So I will do that very soon. Somebody wanted to know, do I drink? And then it said, what is my go-to drink and what did I take away from drinking, I guess? Um, 
So I do drink. I definitely don't not drink, but I drink rarely, like on occasion, maybe once a month, and I'll just have like a few. Um, I really do enjoy like casual drinks, but I do not enjoy being hungover at all. Like I will not do it. Anything that makes me feel less than 100% at this point in my life, I just don't really fuck with. But yeah, I, I hardly drink. Honestly, I prefer not to most of the time. I used to drink really, really heavily and really often. So the way that I drink now is like basically not drinking compared to how I used to live. Um, what do I drink? I drink everything, I think. I love beer. I'm a big beer drinker. Like a hazy IPA is my go-to when it comes to beer. I love going to breweries and trying new types of beer, but I don't really drink a lot of beer um, just because it makes me feel like shit. So if I were to go out and have drinks, like I usually stick to cocktails. I love a Moscow Mule. I'm a big Caesar person. Like I tend to stick with vodka or like a tequila, margaritas, things like that. Um, I don't drink a lot of wine because I find that in terms of hangover, that is number one fucking culprit. Like even one glass of wine, I find I feel it the next day and I just feel like shit. So it's not worth it to me. And I don't love it either, to be honest. So I guess what I've eliminated is I try and stay away from wine. I try and stay away from like sugary drinks that are going to make me feel like shit and I had a strict no shot policy for a couple years like coming out of my party phase like I just had to like implement like a strict policy around shots because that was when I would really like lose it and like lose my composure and it'd be a fucking downward spiral into blackout and debilitating hangover so I really don't do shots but I will do them now every once in a while for fun like one but yeah, I think I have a very healthy relationship with alcohol now and I'm able to go out and drink casually and I can stop when I need to stop and I'm able to drink in a way that's not going to impact the following day. But yeah, to answer the question, I do drink um, in moderation occasionally. Sometimes I'll go months and months without having a drink and it's not even an intentional thing. It just doesn't really fit into my life that well. And I really do only enjoy it here and there, special occasions, stuff like that. I think that I just got to a point where I really like my mind when I'm sober. I really like who I am as a person and I don't necessarily want to change that with substances anymore. Whereas I used to really not value myself and always want to change myself and thinking I was improving myself with alcohol when now I feel like I'm the best version of myself sober. Okay, next question. Um, someone asked me about my best advice on finding your voice and using it, which is interesting to me because I think if you know me, you know that like I have never had a problem with those things. I actually had to work on the opposite of like, you know, shutting the fuck up sometimes and talking less and saying less and learning how to be a lot more gentle and careful with my voice. Um, but my advice to anybody who 
struggles with finding and using their voice would just be to be yourself because there's nothing more valuable than your own perspective and your own voice. Nobody else has the same experience as you. Nobody else has the same knowledge and ideas as you. So you speaking up and being you is exactly what you need to do. There's nothing else to it. It just ties back into trusting and knowing when speaking up and being yourself that it's not going to please everyone. You can't use your voice and worry about being a people pleaser. You just have to speak from the heart and know and trust that it's going to resonate with some people and it's not going to resonate with other people and that is totally normal and totally fine. But do it anyway. And the more that you do it, the more people will be attracted to you and you'll find those like-minded people. And that's what it's all about is building those connections with those people, not trying to convert the people who have different beliefs. You have to let those people go and you have to be honest with yourself about the fact that it's okay for other people to think in different ways and to have different perspectives and different beliefs. And it's not your job to change their minds. It's just your job to share your truth. And then you'll see that when you do that, there are tons of people who do have that in common with you and will be drawn to you because of that. I like this question. Somebody asked me, cabin in the woods or penthouse in the city? That's a tough one. Really, it is. Because I am a city girl. I like, you know, a luxurious time. I do. But I think as I get older, I appreciate a cabin in the woods. Like, I'm just more drawn to nature, peace and quiet, away from it all. So I think I would choose cabin in the woods nine times out of ten. But I still enjoy a good penthouse luxurious experience once in a while. I'm not that low maintenance. I'm like trying to be low maintenance, but I'm not quite there yet. Somebody asked what my spirit animal is. And I don't know if when people normally answer this question, is that just me saying like what animal I identify with or relate to? I did once have a reading done by an intuitive professional of some kind and she said that my spirit animal was an eagle and when I researched that it did definitely resonate for me and that was a couple years ago but more recently I've started to notice that eagles are showing up a lot for me and specifically showing up for me in times when I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed or sad or stressed I'll be outside and I'll look up and there'll be an eagle there it's happened several times in the last few months so I think that's really interesting. Um, so I guess I guess my spirit animal is an eagle right now. Another question, um, well, a few questions that people wanted to know more about was my spiritual journey. And that's a pretty broad question. But one person in particular did ask, like, what started me on my journey? And I guess when I think about it, what started me on my journey was being stuck in old patterns. Like I kept finding myself in these relationships that weren't working and weren't in alignment with me. And I was not connected to myself. I was not self-aware. I was not in a healthy relationship with myself, let alone with other people. And so I initially sought out like the spiritual healing, the beginning of my journey Because I wanted to fix myself so that I could fix the relationship that I was in. Which is ironic in retrospect. Because what it did 
was it healed the relationship to myself and got me secure in myself and in a better headspace. And then I was able to let that relationship go so that I could be my highest self. So it's interesting that that was the perspective that I came to the journey with. I wanted to fix myself so that I could fix the relationship and make it work. But what I really needed was just to heal myself so that I could be my higher self and know that that I needed to let that relationship go in order to be happy and fulfilled. So that was what started it. I've done a lot of workshops, a lot of meditation workshops, a lot of personal development workshops. I've worked with, you know, some of my favorite authors. Um, One of my favorite experiences was going to Northern California to an amazing facility called 1440 Multiversity. I highly recommend it when it's an option to go there and to learn with them. It's a beautiful facility, not too far from San Francisco in the Bay Area, but it's tucked away in the Redwood Forest. And I was able to go for a workshop with one of my favorite, favorite authors, Susan Anderson. And we spent an entire weekend like doing inner child work and healing all of those old patterns. So for me, my entire journey has just been about getting to know myself and getting to understand myself better so that I can heal and move forward. And as I've gotten deeper into my spiritual journey and as I've started to use plant medicines to connect into myself and to connect with the universe, it's just gotten deeper and deeper. And I've not only grown my relationship to self, but I've grown my relationship and my trust in the universe. And I've become so confident in concepts like radical acceptance and just letting go, surrendering. Um, Michael Singer's book, The Surrender Experiment, was a massive perspective shifting read for me. It really did change my relationship to my day-to-day life and I was finally able to let go and just trust because by nature I'm a control freak and it was something that really has been holding me back my whole life because I want to control everything and I want to control everyone and I was always living in fear so being able to shift that into love and trust and just let go of things that's when all the good shit started to appear in my life so getting really familiar with the law of attraction and manifestation Some of my favorite authors are Gala Darling and Gabrielle Bernstein and people who have taught me how to raise my vibration so that I can attract the things that I want. For me, the journey has been like pretty well-rounded because not only have I done the spiritual piece, but I've done a lot of the hard work in terms of personal development and also therapy. Like therapy has been a huge part of my journey. I've done one-on-one therapy with a therapist, two therapists actually that I really love and who have been monumental to my growth as a person and my healing. So I highly recommend if you're not doing therapy, if it's something that you've never done, it will change everything for you because we've all been through shit, whether we want to admit it or not. We all have things, we all have experienced traumas and we all have stuff to heal. So working with a professional who can help you unpack that in order to move past any of those obstacles that you have is massive. On top of my one-on-one therapy, I've also done a lot of group therapy. I've done both CBT therapy, which is really, really helpful for anxiety, and I've done DBT therapy. 
So that's cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy. And both of those were so massively helpful for me in terms of my like journey because they teach you all of these tangible skills to be better prepared to manage your emotions and to find stability and to show up as the best version of yourself because I was always really challenged by having big emotions and strong reactions and I've always been really outspoken and I've always kind of run into issues interpersonally. So those types of therapy have really, really helped me to overcome those things and to find myself and come back to myself and be the best version of myself. Although, of course, the journey never ends. And no matter how much work I do, I always feel like I'm just beginning. And I have so much more learning to do, which is amazing. And I love it. I think that my last episode with Karen actually explained quite a bit of my spiritual journey. But this is kind of a more comprehensive look at all of the different things that I've done. I've become obsessed in the last few years with self-help and personal development reading. Um, I always post lists of my favorite and most powerful books. Pema Chodron is my favorite thought leader and author right now. She has some really powerful books. One of my favorites is called When Things Fall Apart. And she uses Buddhist teachings to help us accept life and learn how to be more mindful and to manage our emotions and our reactions better as well. So Really, I've become just obsessed with improving myself and getting to know myself and showing up as the best version of myself, being more compassionate, more loving, more trusting. And as I continue to do that, it raises my vibration. And I feel like that is the reason why I've attracted so many great things into my life. And I feel so at peace with where I am because it's all, all of these little things have worked together. And I feel like they've all come into my life in the perfect way, just when I needed them to learn more, to empower me and to give me the tools to cope with life as it comes up. And I think the same thing happens for other people as well. We'll always find things at the right time when we need them in the way that we need them. And that's just the way life works. So it it honestly is miraculous. And if you open your eyes and you're open to receive and you're open to trying new things, you'll find that those things do appear in your life just in the right timing. And a spiritual journey and starting out on your pathway to self-improvement can be really daunting, but just trust that there's nothing more fulfilling in this world than diving into your own shit and coming out the other side stronger, healed, and more at peace. Like, hands down, the number one thing I recommend to anyone and everyone. And that's why it's become such a big part of my business as well, because I see people in the gym and they're busting their ass and working really hard. But if you have unhealed shit within you, you're going to continue to sabotage yourself in a multitude of ways. And you're not going to feel as good as you could feel if you were addressing things from a deeper level and pulling things up from the root and getting vulnerable and honest with yourself and resolving any of that shit so that you can really, really just be yourself and feel good. The last question that I will answer for this episode, someone asked me like what my favorite memory of 2020 is. And I think 2020 was such a good year. And I know that sounds crazy, but I just went through such massive growth and had so many new experiences. So there's so many favorite memories in 2020. 
but probably one of my favorites was taking a solo road trip to Tofino because I had never been and I just wanted to go and I wanted to spend some time with myself. So doing that and getting an Airbnb and just exploring by myself was so magical. It's such an unbelievably beautiful place. I couldn't believe that I had never been there. And I managed to luck out and got like a super beautiful hot sunny weekend there which is unusual so that was an incredible memory and I'm so glad that I did that um, as well spending the time with my family um, out at the lake on Vancouver Island having the time to do that was kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity so I'm super thankful for that also, um, when I went through the breakup, I moved in with one of my best friends in the world. She was kind enough to open her home to me. And so living with her for a few months over the summer was just the best thing that I could have imagined or asked for in that time to have such a strong support system and just someone to be there to be with and to laugh with every single day to spend time with her and her son in a way that I would never otherwise have had the opportunity to be around so much. I'm so thankful for that. And it was so much fun. And just such a positive experience. Another really incredible memory from 2020 was the retreats that I hosted a couple hours outside of the city. That was the first type of event that I've ever hosted. Like I had dreams of holding those type of events years down the road like it was something that I saw as a long-term goal and it just kind of fell into my lap last year and just the level of connection that I experienced with those people and the positivity and the vulnerability that those people showed up with it was the most exciting experience for me like I left my retreat weekends feeling like I was high on drugs like it was so powerful and so rewarding and I would just like cry the whole way home because I loved it so much so that was definitely a highlight for me of 2020 as well another favorite memory of 2020 would have to be well a my first cold plunge that I did and I did that with like a community of people it was so amazing um like a big group of people we all did some breath work and we all did the plunge together and that was like the most invigorating experience and I felt so alive and so proud of myself for doing something that I didn't want to do and getting out of my comfort zone and obviously that started a journey of doing cold plunges regularly so I loved that experience and kind of tied into that um, similar group I was introduced to like a whole new family of like-minded spiritual people through a seven-week program that I did with Kandra and Bridget It was all about the chakras and we experimented with cambo and hape and a bunch of plant medicines and it was just such an incredible group of girls. We did so much like deep healing work during those seven weeks and it was one of my favorite experiences in terms of like the workshops and the learning and the healing work that I've done. So that was a really, really amazing part of my 2020 as well. And that's it for this one. That's all I got. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thank you to everyone who submitted questions for this episode. I may do this again in the future if there's any other topics that you want me to discuss. I hope I didn't ramble on too much in this episode. I hope I answered all of your questions. 
and I do promise to do my next solo episode all about mushrooms and my personal experience with microdosing. I'll really dive into the benefits that I've seen and try and answer all of your questions on that topic. And I have some really awesome interview episodes lined up for you guys coming very, very soon as well. So on that note, I will leave you guys here. I hope you have a wonderful week and we will talk soon. Thank you.